Welcome to Roots, a music podcast. My name is Alex. And I'm Edo. And together we are on a journey to celebrate and discover the music of different cultures from around the world. In each episode, we will venture to new places under the guidance of expert musicians who are active in the traditional music scene of the region or the group of people they represent. We will learn everything there is to know about the music, what it sounds like, how it's made, who performs it, and the occasions in which it is performed. Most importantly, we'll find out how this music has evolved into the 21st century. Our guests will also workshop their music with us so that we can all experience the music directly from its source. We are so excited for you to come on this journey with us and explore the world through music. player and ethnomusicologist from Pune, India. Mohanish has undergone intensive training in India perfecting his skills on the tabla and trust me, I speak from experience when I say that it shows when he plays. His musical ability and curiosity have brought him to London where he obtained a master's degree in ethnomusicology at SOAS University of London. A man of many talents, Mohanish currently works as a marketing and communications manager for Green Water Revolution where he works in sustainable wastewater management. But his passion for communication, development and the environment doesn't stop to his day job. In fact, Mohanish has just made his debut at the British Forum for Ethnomusicology, where he presented a paper which explores the impact of the tabla manufacturing industry on the environment and emerging ways of supplying sustainable solutions in the manufacture of materials. His passion and knowledge of the instrument, as well as his positive attitude towards challenging dogmas and preconceptions, make him the perfect guide to introduce us to the wonderful world of tabla. Mohanish, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for thinking of me and it, it feels, I, I feel so excited. <laughs> no, it's great to have you and uh, we, we, we know that the listeners are definitely going to enjoy uh, listening to mm-hmm. you talk. I think that you definitely bring a, um, um, a y- unique contribution being both a performer and an academic. You have a quite a rounded uh, experience of the things that we're going to talk about. So let's just dive yes. into it. Um, I want to start with a bit of a controversial question um, because, uh, of course, the way we talk about Indian music very often, it's the same way we talk about African music, which is definitely not the right way. We tend to think of India and Africa as uniform entities with uh, no ethnic or religious variety within them with uh, common histories and all of that we just see them at a very huge mm-hmm. continent but india it's, it's not a continent but it, it might, it as, might well. as well yeah. be <laughs> seeing the amount of people there exactly and uh, and, and Af- Af- africa again is a continent with an immense variety however we still tend to talk about indian music and african music as if they're one thing um so knowing that this is a bit of a controversial thing, uh, I'm going to just try to address it in a bit of a cheeky way, but, uh, but, but, but ask you the question anyway. And uh, the question that I want to ask you is, um, if we were listeners that have no familiarity with any kind of Indian music, how would you, um, how would you go about even starting the conversation about Indian music's um, uh, I, I feel like with a plural, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm just being a bit more politically correct here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think I think I just I, I'd probably start on a lighter note, like, hey, you know, have you checked out the school music? <laughs> and then I just play the recording <laughs> and enjoy it. <laughs> but I think uh, more uh, particularly, uh, if I want to tell some, someone, introduce someone, uh, you know, what Indian music is, uh, then I think I'll just tell uh, a bit bit of the theory saying that uh, there are two kinds of you know you can divide music into two parts 
uh, one segments rather. One segment would be the art music tradition, and the other would be uh, folk. Folk is not really a good word, but community music and tribal mm -hmm. music and you know less less complex music forms, which are not really for entertainment purposes. It's it's more for community mm -hmm. building, you know, which is a part of the culture, uh, ritualistic, mm -hmm. devotional, all of that. And um, so art music has got again two subdivisions. Uh, one is the North Indian art music, which is also called Hindustani art music. And uh, the South Indian is Carnatic. And these two traditions, I think, uh, over the years, they have evolved very differently. And one of the significant reasons for that is, um, you know, India has been invaded uh, many times uh, and over so many centuries. And, uh, well, even though any kind of invasion is, uh, you know, kind of disastrous for the people living in the country, it also brings in a lot of cultural exchange uh, along the borders. And uh, with cultural exchange, we'll have all different aspects of culture being exchanged. In it, and music is definitely a very big, major part of it. Uh, so northwestern India was uh, invaded by the Arabs, the Turks, uh, Persians came in. Uh, there was a long uh, Mughal rule in India as well. And uh, many ideas and concepts uh, about music and different forms of art were also exchanged. So that kind of streamed into a very systematized form of music, uh, you know, with all of the intellectuals coming in and lots of scholarships happening around that. And at the same time, uh, you know, more like the local communities when they're bonding, uh, well, someone will just have an instrument. They, they wouldn't really think about, you know, what I want to present. They just want to bond with people. So it's a very simple love kind of, you know, affectionate uh, relationship or something. And uh, that is where I think uh, the folk cultures, you know, the music of the people kind of uh, bonded, gelled together, grew together. So I think, yeah, this would be the introduction. And maybe if I want to tell about appreciation of music, uh, that is, I think, very subjective. Like, uh, of course. I, 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 can, I can like some music form you may not like. The, it, it doesn't make music bad. It mm. is just your perspective. Absolutely. I think that this was a really good way of going around that yeah. question. <laughs> Thank you, Nwanish. Um, I'm sorry for throwing that <laughs> at you. Um, no, no. <laughs> Just want to point out uh, for the listeners uh, that uh, today, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Mohanish, but uh, your, your your experience growing up in Pune um, is uh, more directly connected to that of the North Indian styles, uh, what we call the Hindustani, exactly. I don't think they're necessarily called like that anymore, but we've got also all sorts of... Um, nationalisms uh, at play i think this is a big conversation i definitely don't want to get into but um uh, as we we were talking about this a second ago and uh, of course hindustani music encapsulated also pakistan and bangladesh uh, because you know and nepal because uh, these were all part of the same political entity and then in the past mm -hmm. hundred years things changed um uh, just I just wanted to point that out to make the main dis distinction uh, uh, for the listeners. We're planning on a second episode on Carnatic music, the music of Sound India, uh, for our second season. So please, please stay tuned if you want to know more about that. Um, that said, shall we talk aesthetics very briefly? Uh, Let's talk aesthetics. I know, I know that again, this is really hard, but there are a couple of things that come to mind, at least to me, uh, instantly when we talk about indie music. And uh, in a random order, they are concept of raga, which is uh, incredibly fascinating, definitely worth defining uh, since it's central to the music. Uh, well, more rhythmical concept that we can leave for later since that's your specialty. And then maybe we could talk about improvisation and how improvisation, composition, pre-composition and all of these sort of uh, different aspects come together into the making of the music. It's a good question. <laughs> I just like just saying that I can feel a bit of the question because uh, there are so many texts, there's so much of literature of course. on just the concept of raga. And, um, but I think in very simple terms, uh, raga is something which so it's an arrangement of different notes, mm -hmm. and um, well, there are certain rules to a raga. So for example, it has to have a tonic. Uh, we call that as a sa. Mm -hmm. And um, with the tonic, 
either the fourth or the fifth has to be there in every raga. You can't have a raga without these. At least this is the concept in North India. And uh, along with these, you need to have uh, some other notes we call as swaras. So, but then it doesn't end there. It will, after that, it'll be like, there is a certain progression in it, which is connected with a sentiment and an emotion and time of the day. Plus, it will also have a principal note and you can call it a wise principle. I don't have the real term <laughs> for that, but you know. Second most important. Uh, so if, if yeah. uh, second most important, yes. And uh, there is also something called as a nyas swar, which means if you are improvising and you want to pause, then there are select swaras where you need to come and land and just wait there. You can't pause anywhere in mm, the game. Otherwise, raga mm. will change. So this is like in real simple terms. Of course. But I am not really in a capacity to explain more about ragas because I, I, I do not sing and I don't have an instrument. Fair enough. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been very uh, uh, easy to uh, you know explain. But again, I want to point out to the audience that uh, there is another episode coming <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> where, uh, where, you know, Thank you for uh, the publicity. He's definitely <laughs> going to talk about <laughs> ragas. And um, I think uh, after this, uh, instead of moving into tala and rhythm, I think I'll First, explain about improvisation. Sorry, sorry. Can I just ask a quick question about a raga? So a raga, sure. we're ta- when we're talking about it, it's a melodic. Yeah. It's something that has to do with melody. Is that correct? Okay. I just want to make sure. Yes. Yeah. All right. Because I, I was a little that. lost. But. I think I think that I, I, I'd like to interject, uh, but uh, I'm, 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 again, I come from a place of uh, much minor knowledge. But I think that comparatively, if we want to go there, you can think of it as a mode. Okay. Uh, except that in Western, especially in Western classical, we tend to think of modes as just the offsprings of uh, the major scale and to think of modes as just mm-hmm. scales. While in Middle Eastern music, Central Asian, loads of Asian, and this is the case as well, a mode, in that case, a rag or raga, um, also has rules of and hierarchies of importance. Correct me if I'm wrong, Monish, but there are some ragas that ha- share the same notes, but they're different ragas because the most important the second most important it's different the stopping notes are different so Mm -hmm. despite it's the same scale the rules within it change and make Mm -hmm. it unique okay i understand plus there's also yeah all of a part of uh time of the day season and all of that the one issue because there's also an emotional uh, connection right an emotional sort of that's right yeah that's right there you go i i can now i kind of feel like on a lighter note i feel like i should have asked this question to you instead <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a very good answer though yeah okay i um, understand now <laughs> i think that it just helps that that i've got the comparative uh, sort of uh, mm-hmm. perspective because uh, i remember when i first approached ragas or even makams because it's the same with mm-hmm. makams i found it very confusing because in western a mode is just mm-hmm. a scale uh, while uh, in most cultures actually a mode has mm-hmm. rules template melodies and passages and all of that it's much more Mm -hmm. complicated which is also why we don't do modern music in the west probably and when we do it doesn't sound great (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah so i mean that's uh, the only reason i asked was because i just didn't i mean i've never you know again i'm the person coming at this from a complete outsider standpoint so i didn't even know that this that this type of mode existed uh, mode if i say I, i if i can say it like that i didn't know that this that this is how it how something could be performed. So I'm very interested. And so I just wanted to make sure that I was understanding it and the listeners were understanding it as well. So thank you for answering me. And, uh, okay. <laughs> anyway. But yeah. I think, um, yeah. Uh, so no, just to add to it, uh, there is also, uh, well, when you're listening to Hindustani art music, uh, there are instances where a singer is not really explaining the meaning of the lyrics through the raga but they're using the lyrics to show the different dimensions of the raga. Wow. Mm. And yeah, this is, this, is, this is one question you can ask uh, some other singers or someone who's coming on your show once again. I, I think it'll, be, it'll strike a very good conversation. Okay. Yeah, I think, well, we will. <laughs> Thank you so much. So <laughs> I was, uh, before this, yeah. I was like, um, I, I wanted to tell about improvisation and the, that concept and everything. Yes, please. And uh, just before I hit... Uh, you know, the theoretical uh, idea or even the practical performance, a performative idea of uh, improvisation. I want to kind of get bring your attention to how 
we learn like how, how does the cultural engagement or cultural indulgence impact the idea of uh, improvisation in a person's mind so much before we start improvising on the instrument we have already be become comfortable with the idea of improvisation itself so uh, my so the music which i learned is not uh, notated i i did not memorize music i i just learned it so i don't have uh, textbooks or anything i don't have notebooks where i've written the music i learned it, learned it in a you know olden fashion uh, we, we did not write music so lots of sonic practices and uh, different kinds of exercises uh, of visualization as well as listening uh, interpretations uh, these were taught to me by my guru and because of that the idea of improvisation is slightly different in a way that i did not learn how to improvise based on different algorithms which i drew on paper it was more like mm -hmm. uh, channelizing my creativity in a certain way that's what improvisation is for me it's it's not uh, that i'm creating something new in the moment it's just how i'm addressing the moment using all of the knowledge which i already possess that's beautiful oh, and wow, and that is something which comes uh, from the culture i'll give an example um so when i'm teaching uh, an international student i'm not able to teach the culture and how culture is connected with improvisation i'll just come to that in a bit so when i teach someone internationally i'm teaching the skill of tabla playing but i'm not able to you know transfer the knowledge of the culture and i can take one example where i have a student who's also learning western classical violin and it is not mm -hmm. mandatory for him to remove his footwear before stepping up on the stage whereas in my culture footwear is considered as you know disrespectful if i wear my footwear on the stage it's just a part of the culture no one teaches that we just observe and learn so i have never been able to you know put all of that into words and teach it to someone right. because again it's been a part of the culture so in the culture the idea of improvisation idea of um following a lead idea of observing and learning is is very much part of it so so we we don't have like steps like you know you want to become a good tabla player these are the 100 points you need to strike off every time you learn it, it's it's not like that it's just you're so much a mm. part of that that you're seeing everyone improvise uh, you're seeing everyone improvise in different ways not just musical ways uh, so if if i if i was late you know if, when i was going to my tabla class uh, i would improvise and come up with an idea to convince my teacher why i was late <laughs> so 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 the idea of improvisation is not just in music it's it's also a part of your being how you think how you can connect with what you want to project how can you articulate that how can you make it more convincing and that is what i think translates into your art form which is music which is tabla playing which could be anything could be art so i just i don't know growing up in this culture i just always felt that i never learned to improvise i just improvise like that and then coming to the performative website no i'm sorry i'm, I'm just kind of improvising on all of this right now so <laughs> i don't in the flow right now um when i'm on stage or when any tabla player is on stage <laughs> um what we really call improvisation is not really improvisation i like what i said earlier we're not discovering something new it is something which we have practiced some or the other day some or the other time in the past we we can't just create something on stage we have to think about it earlier but how we address that is what the improvisation is i'll give you an example i have learned a composition uh, which goes something like kritakta kritakta tunna kritakta tatri kritakta tatri ghintran dhatri kritakta tatri ghintran dhatri dhana dhana dhatri dhana 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 that's it but when i go on stage if i want to improvise this i can either change the speed i can change the emphasis i can change the pauses i can change the weightage on the syllables i can change the you know how much i emphasize kind of pitch bend where i play what i want to play that is all what makes it improvisational or can can be improvised upon or uh, say uh, a simple theka tin tin na din na din na tin tin na tin na then it's a seven uh, beats time cycle we call rupak then then na then na then na 1 2 3 1 2 3 4 if i want to improvise this aspect 
I will be like tin tin na din na din na na tin tin na din na na din na tin tin na da din na din na na tin na ka tin na tin na na kena din. That kind of a way, you know. This is what improvisation is like. How I'm addressing it in that moment. What do you think? I'm so glad we did this. <laughs> this was beautiful. Yeah. This was beautiful. Um, um, uh, there are some school of thought that actually uh, think that uh, that's 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 what improvisation is also like in jazz music. But um, uh, I, I I I think uh, a time and a place. Uh, but this was uh, I think a very good. Demo Thank you for giving us a demonstration. By the way, this was yes. uh, fantastic. And uh, I think that uh, if people weren't hooked before, they definitely are now. Um, wonderful. I think we should just uh, get straight uh, down uh, to talking rhythm. Uh, we've uh, we've already mentioned a couple of terms. Of course, we talked about in improvisation and all of that. But uh, we've mentioned tala and uh, teka, That's right? right. Uh, would you mind walking us through the terminology and the distinction? Because there's a big distinction. That, that is quite quite a big distinction. Um, to simply put it, Tala is more like a framework of different time units. It's like an algorithm, it's, and it's something which is cyclical. So we'll have a Tala mm -hmm. of 16 time units. We call it Matra. Matra is a time unit, or rather unit of time. So Tintal is, so the Tal is uh, of 16 time units, 16 Matras, and the divisions are 4 plus 4 plus 4 plus 4. So every time I recite the taker of this tala, I will maintain the four plus four structure. Mm. And the taker is, uh, we have a musicologist, a uh, very famous uh, person, and he's contributed a lot uh, to the intellectual part of music as well, uh, Pandit Suresh Talwalkarji. And uh, so in in Marathi, he said, uh, which basically means that theka is the first composition of a tala. It's a very okay. poetic way to put it. <laughs> I, I think it makes a lot of sense. So if, if the tala is um, one, two, three, one, two, one, two. So three plus two plus two is the tala. One, two, three, one, mm -hmm. two, one, two. Take out of that will be tin, din, na, din, na, tin, na. So you can see I'm emphasizing the first syllable of the division as well. Tin, din, na, tin, na, tin, na. One, two, three, one, two, one, two. Okay. That's what a theka is. I so see. when, if I am improvising a theka, the theka will not change. It will be just like I am improvising a theka because I, unless and until the divisions change, tala will not change. So if I improvise how much I, if I want in the theka, the theka will not change. So if, say, mm -hmm. tin tin na, tin na, tin na, if that becomes tin tin na na, tin na na, tin na na, it's still the same rupak tala. Still the right. same taker. I see. Okay. That's what it means. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a very uh, simple way of putting what Tala and Teka is. And we've got uh, <laughs> notated, I think, I don't know how many number of Talas are there, but uh, there can be multiple Tekas of one Tala. And there can be different kinds mm -hmm. of Talas coming out from the same Tala as well. This theory is very different from Carnatic classical theory. Carnatic classical is very different uh, uh. theory. Uh, but in the northern uh, art music, 16 matra time cycle, if 
it has got four plus four divisions can be tintal, but if you change the theka to a very different expression, it can also be tilvada. So tintal is dha din din dha dha din din dha dha tin tin ta ta din din dha. This sixteen syllables, whereas tilvada is dha tere kita din ta din dha dha tin tin ta tere kita din ta din dha dha din din. That's what the tilvada is, and then the application of these thekas in where you uh, the tabla player will use them to accompany what kind of music also has different you know applications. So yeah, that's what a theka is, and uh, tala. What do you think? That was incredible. I think this is yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah, um, I love how. Again, like it's it's really hard, I think, for 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 us and likely for the listener as well to um, wrap our head around these concepts um, in in the same way for obvious yeah. reasons. The reasons we've discussed so far. Um, the way I sort of try to conceptualize it is, we've got four bars of four mm -hmm. four, and while tintal it's quite straightforward you're just emphasizing one two three four one two three with a second teka it almost didn't feel like we were in four yeah. four to me, for me and uh, it was much harder for me to follow and i think the shortfall of that comes from the fact that uh, when we conceptualize uh, rhythm uh, and uh, a pulse and so on uh, we, we tend to just focus on one dimension of it uh, so we would probably think either about the teka or mm -hmm. the tala, and um, and uh, yeah, I just could count it because I, I I saw that coming and I I I was sort of familiar with it already, but I remember my first approach to the music being like, I have no idea what's going on right here. How am I gonna approach? That? How am I gonna play with that? Um, um, but that connects to what you were saying. It's about absorbing mm -hmm. it uh, informally. You know, uh, you know. But quite, what you just said often. about uh, with Tintal, you felt it was more like a straightforward one, two, three, four, one, two, three, for repeating itself. I think I forgot to mention one more aspect of uh, Tala and Teka, which is, well, in 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 Tablas particularly, we have another philosophy of uh, cyclicity attached to rhythm. So for us, rhythm is not linear. Uh, as rhythm is cyclical, okay? Mm. So you can imagine like as a clock, and clock is ticking. Uh, say the clock has got 16 parts, clock is ticking four, 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 four. Now, in this cycle, the first beat is very important because that is what marks the beginning and it also marks the end of the cycle. Mm -hmm. So the distance between the last beat and the first beat is actually, I mean, that is a point of infinity. That, that is where mm. the teka is actually starting and ending at the same point. And all of the different kinds of compositions, uh, it could be vocal compositions, instrumental, any kind of composition. If someone is playing in tintal, then they will make sure that it is 16 matras long or either 32 matras long. If it is, because if it is 20 matras long, then they're not going to come back to the one, which is very important. And then these little aspects are marked by something called as a tihai, or something called as, I don't know, it's just very mathematical. That if you're starting on the, say, 14th matra, then your composition should either be like three matras long. So the third matra after 14th will be the first of the next cycle. So 14 plus 3 is 17. 17 is actually the one of the next 16th cycle, isn't it? So if you're starting on the 14th matra, then including that, you need three matras to come on the first beat. But if your composition is longer, then you'll require 2 plus 16 plus 1 to come back on the next cycle, isn't it? So it's very mathematical, yeah. it's very complex to teach in the, most, in, in the first go. This is the most math I've done in <laughs> years. But like, no, I mean, it does make sense. It's, so where, it's perfect, basically. Yes, exactly. And, and where it, it, it can be applied is, um, say someone is playing jazz, 6-8 uh, stuff, and I'm playing dadratal with it. Or I'm playing ektal with it. For me, ektal is 12 matras. So if you are improvising in jazz style, and if you're just improvising in threes, then four uh, what four sets of threes will make 112, isn't it? Right. 
Of course. So you need yeah. to play your melody in such a way that you're always playing into four sets. Only then you'll come back to one. If you think it of as three sets, so three time units at, as one set, and if you just play like five sets, then you're not going to come back on one. That's going to be a problem for me. Mm. Yeah. Of course. So so even the melodic framework has to fit in the number of the matras of the thala. Right. Otherwise, then there is a different thala. For Absolutely. That. You want to play in eight matras, and there is keherva. That is bhajni thala. There are different mm -hmm. thalas. That, that's it how it goes. It's a bit complex, I like mathematical. I mean, I've never. This is something that I've. Ne I, my mind is blown right now. I've <laughs> never ever, you know, come across something like this before. And, I mean, I'm just. I have so many questions. I don't even know where to start. Like, <laughs> I feel like we need like a part <laughs> two of this, just on, you know, maybe season two, part two of just this entire conversation because I'm. I'm really interested, and um, I'm going to do further reading. What, what I find fascinating is when people play. They do the most absurd subdivisions and play around with time, but then they come back mm -hmm. to the one and you can always feel that and it's strong and I'm always amazed. I'm sitting there completely lost despite my years of training and all of that. And then people come back to the one and I'm like, I have never seen, I, I don't know. I, how did that you, happen? You know what? There's I a trick to understand that. I can, I can <laughs> give it off right now. Tell There's us. There's a trick to understand that. Oh, okay. Um, if you see any of the Hindusani art performers, <laughs> Uh, they will always have a reference layer. There's always a reference. Mm. Um, for example, if you see any tabla solo uh, performance, then the tabla player will always have another melody instrumentalist sitting next to him, either playing the harmonium or uh, santur or sarod or violin or sitar or sarangi. So what the melody instrumentalist is doing is they are, they've got a composition which is emphasizing on the divisions of the tala and the matras in the cycle. So they are playing a repetitive melody so that the tabla player can improvise on top of that. So let's I take see. an example. If I am clapping, how much would you think this is? Do you think this is a groove or do you think it is something complex, uh, number of beats? What does it feel? It feels like a groove, a little bit. It feels like groove, isn't it? Yeah. But then if I told you mm. this is two and a half beats, what, what would you say? Like, would you, would, you, would you still be blown away by that? How kind is of, it two yeah. and a half? I've got three full claps. How is that two and a half beats? So if I say <laughs> the reference, so is basically one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, five total time units. Mm -hmm. But if I take the reference as mm -hmm. one, two, three, four, five, one, two, and recite that one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, because I'm reciting two uh, fives in the base five layer, you know, that is why one part of that, that double speed is actually two and a half. So it becomes two and a half because there's a reference of five. Okay. Okay. okay Do you okay. understand that? Yes. Okay. So if there is a reference yeah. of uh, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, then, oh, sorry, I, this, is a, this is an audio thing. I shouldn't have counted on my fingers. We usually count uh, smaller beats on our fingers. But say the whole cycle is one, two, three, four, one, two. If I recite one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. So because the bass layer is different than what I am reciting, what I am reciting actually becomes two parts of the bass layer, which is a half. So halves okay. and quarters are always in reference. Now, now looking at I all see. of this from I the see. mathematical perspective, if I say one, two, one, two, three, I just said this is two and a half, isn't it? Now I say it is 1.25. Would you believe it? <laughs> I like <laughs> it all depends on the reference exactly. that, you're, exactly. that you're basically exactly. using if I slow down the reference more then two mm -hmm. and a half will become 1.25 of course it's sort of like thinking um, um, quarter notes at 120 BPM uh, are eighth notes at 60 exactly. BPM got it exactly Okay. like that now okay. fit that in, in a framework of that, that tala Mm -hmm. with particular divisions. Of course. Oh, okay. And then <laughs> what, what you kind of reach is the Hindustani art music and that complexity of rhythm. But there are two more aspects in it. One is, I don't want to get into the technical, I don't want to get into the academic jargon. It sounded like uh, there was some more happening. <laughs> <So there is> some <laughs> I was happening about though. to say. So <laughs> if, if I were to recite one, two, three, four in a very fast speed, I, ca I can't do that. One, one of the little, I, I don't know, I just blab or something. 
So we yeah. got some mnemonics which are mm. coming from our languages, which we are used to, you know, pronouncing. So uh, if mm. I have ta ka di mi, four, ta ki ta, three, ta ka two, okay. Then I go like ta ka ta ki ta ta ka ta ki ta ta ka ta ka di mi. How much would that be? One two one two three one two one two three one two one two three four. Uh huh. So that's five plus five plus seven. Right. Uh, five plus five plus six. Yeah. So, so if if um, that's total seventeen, if you if you count single uh, time units, isn't it? One two mm -hmm. one two three one two one two three five plus five ten, one two one two three four, six. Oh, sixteen. Sorry, it's sixteen total. Sixteen. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> so it's total sixteen. So if I'm counting that, say divisions of four, one two three four, one two three four, and it's a cycle of sixteen. So Four sets of four is making one cycle. That is the thing which is going on in my head. Mm -hmm. And I am reciting, say, uh, the subdivision is two syllables per time unit. Then as a tabla player, I would think, how many times do I need to play the whole set which I'm improvising to reach one after a cycle? I so see. this is how we basically think mathematics. Oof. And then once I know that this framework is coming in 16, then I will think of how to, again, subdivide that it's the same thing. It's the same framework. But I'm just subdividing it. See, it's still the same thing. I'm just subdividing it. No, yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is, um, I don't know, just an idea. Kind of a glimpse, sonic glimpse of rhythms. I can't wait to I can't wait to hear the actual um, how it sounds on the tabla because I think it'll be a completely different experience and I'll be more confused but like good confused and wanting to go and learn more confused. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, since we are there, why don't we talk about the tabla? Because uh, we uh, I just realized now that we're uh, sort of thinking thinking of it as a given that we know what it is but why don't you tell us a little bit about the instrument uh, of course it's a percussion instrument but I'll, I'll let i'll let you do the talk uh. <laughs> um there are many stories about uh, the creation of this instrument um well tabla for oh i should first tell what a tabla is i shouldn't presume <laughs> knows what tabla is. Uh, tabla is uh, i think best can it can best be introduced as a south asian pair of hand drums uh, there are two parts to a tabla. Tabla is a generic uh, term to address both the instruments. Uh, but tabla mm -hmm. is what, what we tune in the tonic. And uh, baya or dagga is, th is the bass uh, drum component of the pair. But we don't address that as tabla baya. It's, it's, it's just tabla. And uh, tabla has found applications in so many musical genres in the past two decades. Uh, because I think there's been lots of global exchange of art and everything, culture and everything. Um, uh, but before that, it was predominantly in, I think, the northern part of India, but the then India, so not today's political India. I'm referring to the geographical expanse mm. of North India, which stretched between, I think, uh, northeastern and eastern Afghanistan until Bangladesh, the, the whole belt. Mm -hmm. And um, there are many stories about how tabla was created. Uh, one story which I grew learning, uh, grew up uh, with is that uh, there is a predecessor of tabla, which is a horizontal barrel-shaped drum. Uh, so it's it's a double-headed uh, drum, mm -hmm. and um, which is called as pakhawaj. And uh, so, where well the story goes in Hindi, that someone cut the pakhawaj into half, and uh, despite cutting into half, it it still sounded. And when you say it still sounded in Hindi or, you know, the northern language, it says it, it sounds like tab, tabhi bola. It still sounded. So ah. that tabhi bola might have become tabla. Oh. And I grew up listening to this, uh, hearing the stories from elderly people, from uh, stalwarts, uh, from my peers, and so many, you know, textbooks and everything. But it, it, it always uh, got me to think because I, I come from a scientific family. You know, my analytical brain is more stronger than the creative brain at times. And I, I just want to find uh -huh. logic and reasoning for everything what I see you know, and experience. So I thought, you know, why not cut a pakawaj in half and check what happens? <laughs> and <laughs> I should tell you, it, it did not sound like that. It, it just sounded flat. I was like, no, this is shit. 
this, this theory doesn't make sense <laughs> at all. But the, the, the physics of the instrument just changes completely because you're opening the lower part, it's all, it's all open. You need to close it. Only then uh-huh. the resonance can happen. Otherwise, mm. sound and the vibrations are going to escape. Mm. So I'm like, no, this is not fair. This, this cannot be the thing. So I started reading more about uh, the etymology of the word and kind of the organology and how it might have evolved. Mm-hmm. And I came across uh, this book, uh, which is written in Marathi language. Uh, it's, it's called Tabla, and it's written by uh, Pandit Arvind Mulgaukarji. Uh, every time I add G at the end of a word, it just means it's a salutation of, it's like respect, like in Japanese, this is an, okay. something like that. So oh, um, in his book, uh, he has uh, distinguished, well, two aspects of Tabla. So he, he says that, the word tabla might have originated in the Arab uh, music and that culture, and it might have come from the word tabal. And tabal is basically a family of hand drums. That's what a tabal is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they've got uh, different kinds of tabals. So there's a large tabal, smaller tabal. I, I am not able to recall the perfect uh, terms in Arabic. But yeah, there are different kinds of tabals. And when the Arabs came uh, into India or some kind of exchange happened, maybe we acquired we kind of culturally appropriated a few things. And then with that, tabla came about. Maybe tabla is still not an instrument, but a family of hand drums. Because we don't play tabla with sticks, we play it with fingers. Mm-hmm. So it could have been that. And uh, but the parallel theory of that, uh, you know, the origin of the instrument itself, is not really uh, that it's, it's cut from the Pakhawaj and, you know, development happened and all of that. Um, there are, well, again, there are several theories. We don't really have an answer. I've even read uh, James Kippen. James Kippen has got lots of information about history of tabla and paintings and all of that and analyzing from the Mughal artwork, uh, you know, what the tabla might have been. But I have seen uh, lots of Mughal paintings where uh, on the horseback there are like two different drums and someone is playing with the hands. Then there is someone sitting on the floor uh, without footwear and also playing something which looks like a tabla. But it is not, it's not, I mean, uh, it, it doesn't look like uh, the, th- like the, the physics uh, of sound production of the tabla is dependent on how you tune it. Uh, but then all the tuning pegs are not really arranged properly. So I couldn't make out whether it is really a tabla or they're still exploring, you know, tuning the tabla to a tonic. So I don't know if tabla is still evolved during that time. This is somewhere in between 15th and 16th century, you know. And then later, uh, different instruments uh, prop up, uh, crop up, uh, which look very much like tabla, and they've got a very beautiful addition, that they've got the black part. So if you Google tabla, you'll see on the drum head, uh, on the skin membrane, there's a black part. It's a black mm-hmm. paste. And the black paste functions as something which helps uh, the skin to vibrate more, so thereby creating a higher resonance. And because there is more resonance, you can actually control the resonance with the wrist to create a pitch bend. So I, I'm still not clear on how this instrument has evolved. So I cannot really say this is the history of tabla. But I don't know, I can just put out different theories which I've read outside. Yeah, what a journey. Long <laughs> journey, of course. Yeah. Um, so, I, so what is, so you said that, um, I don't know if you said exactly what the tabla, like the the actual top of it, the because we have the resonating chamber, mm-hmm. and then you said the top is made of skin, and what mm-hmm. kind? And so is it still made of skin? T- and what kind of skin? Um, I guess. So usually we use, yeah, use goat skin. There okay. were tablas which were made from cow skin as well, mm-hmm. but cow skin is very thick, and to create resonance from it is very difficult. You usually okay. require lots of energy for that, and still um, you can't really play aesthetical tabla on it know compositions mm. because mm-hmm. that that requires the skin to be very responsive whereas cow skin is not very responsive okay okay so uh, usually we use goat skin there are different layers of different parts of the goat which are used in it mm-hmm. and um, uh, off late there have been uh, you know we all are aware of the different uh, climate change and environment friendly and you know sustainability kind of things drives going on different parts of the world yeah so uh, off late, uh, there is a tabla maker in who is based in Bengaluru in South India, uh, Dr. K. Varadrangan. And uh, he is credited uh, for making the world's first vegan tabla. 
which uh, requires no wood and there's no animal skin and it's 100% cruelty free that's what he says wow so yeah there have been so many experiments we've got electric tabla uh, there's there's a scale changer tabla so you can tune it to all 12 pitches wow so lots oh, wow. of developments have happened in tabla in past few years mm-hmm. that's amazing wonderful and um, how how do you play it could you like quickly explain us the hand technique just uh, just because I, I know that it's quite particular yes. isn't it so and unique to the tabla and maybe the pakavage as, as well, well yes but uh, uh, okay I, there are some other uh, hand drums in in the northern india which also resemble and uses similar techniques like drumming techniques finger and the whole palm uh, which are apart from tabla you have pakavage and dholak uh, dholki they all employ the same uh, finger techniques so if you are a right hand dominant person usually you will play the tabla with your right hand and baya with your left hand but then you you're free to choose i mean the, it's it's not a compulsion but i don't know i've just seen usually people start like that and uh, so if you're playing the tabla with the right hand uh, then you'll require the whole palm uh but majorly the work is done by the index finger which strikes on one of the edges of the membrane uh to produce uh sounds like na ta and uh, the fulcrum so as in the 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 grip of all of this is uh, based on your little finger and your ring finger so you need to hold one part of the membrane uh with your ring and the little finger and your middle finger is not used much because if that is used then you're blocking the resonance which is created with the mm. index finger. So you're basically using all the fingers of your hand except the thumbs. Thumbs are not used in producing sound, but thumbs are used in the grip kind of holding the tabla. Mm-hmm. So if if you didn't have a thumb it would be very difficult for you to speed up. Definitely. Ah. So it, it it thumb is what adds to the balance. Okay. The grip. And on the left hand if you have baya, then baya will be played with the wrist. uh wrist is kind of you need to just place your wrist on uh the membrane which is somewhere on the edge of the black paste and the skin on the baya when you see when you see i would really tell uh, i mean r- recommend everyone to go online and check what a tabla is so you can kind of follow what i'm trying to say it's very difficult to <laughs> put out the hand technique on yeah we're going to have podcast We're going to have pictures But, and everything yeah. on the website yeah. like awesome awesome big so pictures <laughs> perfect perfect so uh, <laughs> the baya is played with the wrist uh, so wrist is what is the balancing factor in the baya and we are striking the fingers vertically onto the membrane to produce sound and once the sound is produced rather the resonance is created by striking fingers we are controlling the resonance with the wrist this is why i think the baya is a very significant uh, i would say discovery or a creation because the only other instrument in the world i've seen which uses this technique uh, i mean outside india is uh, pandero the the mm. pra- brazilian tambourine kind of thing mm. yeah. they also use their wrist quite a lot to modulate the resonance which is really mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. i know that um irish uh, bodran uh, they use mm-hmm. the wrist but they also uh, modulate with uh, with one of the hands that's not striking the the hand drum they mm-hmm. modulate the but then they they're using one um, drum this is two different drums yeah oh yeah yeah that's baya, true absolutely uh, i mean there are some people who uh, some tabla players who tune the baya as well but it's not a general practice to tune the baya it's a more general practice to tune the tabla so mm-hmm. the tabla is always tuned to the tonic if a singer is singing in d d scale whatever if the d is there sa then i will t- tune my tabla to d but if they are singing tumri or they're singing something semi classical stuff then i have the liberty to use a tabla which is in the fourth or the fifth depending oh, on wow. whether the fourth and the fifth are included in the raga or not right kind of thing i yes. see mm-hmm. oh, Gosh, it's all co- see. it's all coming back Beautiful. together from the from the beginning of the conversation <laughs> it's like i'm it's it's yeah. great because i feel like i'm getting i feel like we me and the listeners are getting a full picture of it and Um, I hope so. But no, if anyone has questions, I mean just feel free to reach out anytime. Yes, and we'll have all your contact info on the website. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shall we listen to some music now maybe? Um so here we have a piece by Mohanish Jajwan Tabla accompanying Nitish Purohit on Sarod.
Wonderful. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you again for coming. This was, uh, well, <laughs> inspiring in many, <laughs> many, so many ways. Thank you so I felt very special. Thank you. I'm, I'm, just, I'm so excited to uh, know what happens when it comes out. Well, you'll be the first to hear it, <laughs> for well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Mohanish, once again, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Roots, a music podcast. We release new exciting episodes fortnightly, so make sure you follow us on your favorite streaming platform and at Roots Music Pod on social media. Remember to check out www.rootsmusicpod.com where you will find resources and recommendations to discover more about the music we've explored together for the past hour or so and more music from the fantastic musicians that have guided us through this journey. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.